0: The realm of possibility exists in each of you, here.
1: I'm going to help three people. And they do it for three more. You're giving me a brand
0: new Jaguar and you don't want anything? Just pay it forward. Three big favors for three other people. You can't just put two people together and make them like each other. I can't. Whatever happened to you, you look good to me. That's why this is the one. I'm take a shower. No, you not good. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Pay it forward. like this idea.
1: Rated PG-13. <coughs> You like it, a juice? Fuck you, George. I fucking hate you and this podcast and myself and everything.
0: You know, I thought that was going to be your reaction to this film. <laughs> uh, but I i am glad I watched this movie.
1: You know what? Okay, I, I just want, I'm going to start here. We watched Pay It Forward. Welcome to Saturday Night Jive, everybody. Uh, I don't normally start with IMDb trivia, and there wasn't really that much interesting, except... Uh, Apparently, the No Doubt song New plays at the beginning of this movie, uh, which also played in the film Go, which also featured Jay Moore. We could have watched Go this week, asshole. Go's a
0: pretty good movie. It
1: is. I remember Go. I liked it when it came out. Haven't seen it since. Would find it rewarding and enjoyable to watch it again and see if it holds up. Certainly more so than fucking pay it forward, asshole. but,
0: But you gotta admit, this movie was worth it just for Jay Moore alone, right? Fucking,
1: and you know what? I say this unironically. Jay Moore, best part of the movie. I don't think I'll ever say that again about anything.
0: Nah, man. I mean, this is another movie, just like when we watched Bogus, also starring little Haley Joel Osment. I was watching, and I'm like, Haley Joel Osment is a motherfucking good actor.
1: I was never disputing that. Haley Joel Osment's a great actor. I liked him as a little kid. I even like him now. He had a, a, a brief stint on The Boys. I don't know if you watched that show. He was good on that. Uh, doesn't mean that anybody should watch Pay It Forward, least of all us, on this Saturday Night Live podcast. What, this <laughs> movie?
0: Fuck? This movie features Jay Moore, who was a featured player for two seasons on Saturday Night Live. That means we have to watch "Pay It Forward" for our Saturday Night Live podcast. That's in the rule book.
1: Again, go was right there.
0: Okay, well, better J. Moore movie: "Pay It Forward" or Jane Austen's Mafia?
1: You know, Jane
0: Austen's Mafia. No, no, no! Don't no. even fucking pretend that Jane Austen's Mafia is decent. Okay,
1: I'm not saying it's a better movie. I mean, okay, there is a there is greater novelty. To Jane Austen's mafia, I was more curious about it, and ultimately, there was some benefit to watching it just to like as an artifact of its time. Like this, this, there's nothing here. I got nothing. I, got, I'm, I this is gonna be the worst episode of this fucking podcast ever. I have no idea.
0: I, I I'm glad I watched this movie, and I will fucking say this: some of this movie. Really worked for me. Oh, like go, not all of it. Go this fuck is, yourself. This, is, this movie is a huge ass failure. Uh, but there were parts of it where I'm like, "There's a really great movie just sitting in here, and like it's just bogged down with a whole bunch of nonsense bullshit."
1: When you say great, you do you mean like so bad it's good? Great, like what you thought, what you wanted the other sister to be, not what the other sister actually was right no i i cried not once but
0: multiple times during this film are you fucking kidding
1: me it's all the fucking pay it for i mean when it's does the bit when does the bit end when when do when do you pull this out and go oh i was just fucking with you no bad george your emotions are wrong
0: not a bit there were a few parts of this film that fucking made me tear up a little bit i mean i hated the fact that it was doing it because it's manipulative and it's like you know forcing you or it's like trying to make you cry and then so you like you tear up and then like right after you're like what the how the fuck did i let this movie get to me but in those moments i was like if if this movie would you agree with me if this movie was all about Haley joel Osment, if you cut kevin spacey and helen hunt out of this film
1: this movie's better right I mean, I guess, but it's also like 20 minutes long. They're like the majority yeah. of the movie.
0: <laughs> I know, and that's the, the 20 minutes of this movie that worked for me is nothing to do with get like. For some reason, this movie becomes an adult romance, and you're like, "What the fuck? Get this the shit out of here!" This movie's called Pay It Forward. This is this is what the movie's about. Pay It Forward. It's little Haley Joel Osment. He's got a drunk mom. You know, she's trying to get sober. His dad's not in the picture. He's moving to a new school. His social studies teacher, a scarred-up Kevin Spacey, is like, here's your assignment for the year. Change the fucking world. Figure out a plan to change the world, and you can talk to me later about it. So Haley Joel Osment comes up with this, like, pyramid scheme of kindness. He'll help three people. Those three people will help other three people, and so forth and so forth. That's 20 minutes of the movie. And then there's, like... An hour and forty minutes of just Kevin Spacey trying to and Helen Hunt having scarred up burned sex,
1: I mean I will say the uh, again i i have no I, i'm not I have no way to approach your emotional journey and catharsis with this film. The one point of interest for me is. In the the emotional manipulative uh, the manipulation aspect of it, that this was this was like right after this was two thousand. This was right after American Beauty and the Sixth Sense. So we had uh, Kevin Spacey, noted pedophile, and Haley Joel Osment. Who I haven't heard any stories. I hope nothing happened. See, I Kevin Spacey.
0: I, he liked. He didn't like young young boys. He liked older young boys. I don't know. <laughs> I. I didn't get creepy vibes from Kevin Spacey, but I I will say Kevin Spacey is naturally creepy. He didn't work for me in this role because there's just something naturally creepy about Kevin Spacey. And, like, he plays those parts brilliantly. I mean, fucking Verbal Kent in Usual Suspects. He's fucking brilliant. American Beauty. He's brilliant in that as this guy who's, you know, trying to fuck underage girls. Baby Driver. Seven. Like, he plays a fucking creep like nobody else. When you're trying to make me like sympathize for a burned up Kevin Spacey, I'm like, this guy did something to get burned. Like, there's there's a reason he's got burned. We though, find it out.
1: Did you cry when he gives his fucking passionate monologue about how his father tried to burn no. him to death?
0: That didn't work for me. None of the Kevin Spacey and Helen Hunt shit worked for me in this movie, and unfortunately, it's most of the film.
1: But no, I just I I do find that interesting. What I, I, you will disagree with me apparently, but what I would call the utter hubris of this film to be like, well, we got two, we got Kevin Spacey and Haley they their Hollywood gold. Let's put them both in a movie together. I'm guessing they probably filmed this before those were successful movies, right? They probably filmed this like, wow, those were gaining steam. But like, this just feels like we're just gonna fucking throw them out in front of the audience because everybody likes them now, and it doesn't matter what we do. Pay it forward.
0: Yeah, no, this is definitely an example of just failed Oscar bait. Because you got two-time Oscar winner Kevin Spacey, you got Oscar winner Helen Hunt, you got uh, Oscar nominee Haley Joel Osment, you got movie based on a best-selling book, and then you throw in John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, they they forgot what they were trying to do.
1: That was so because like. I don't know. It just felt like so out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, her, her ex husband, Haley Osment's dad, shows up and it's John Bon Jovi. And he's like, I know. I'm cleaned up. And then, like, the next scene, he's like, I'm back on, on, the, on the drink again.
0: <laughs> I, that was so fucking a, a brain explosion because I wa- the opening credits of this movie says, John Bon Jovi. And I'm going, I missed that. John bon, jo- John bon Jovi's in this movie? I knew John Bon Jovi was in this movie. The opening credits told me. But then when John Bon Jovi shows up, I'm like, what the fuck is John Bon Jovi doing in this movie? And it's exactly what you said. He's like, Don't worry, baby. I'm sober. I'll never touch you or the kid again. <laughs> Just Kevin Spacey's like, hey, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna get drunk again. She's like, nah, nah, he's cleaned up this game. Next scene. Fuck you, baby! Where's that kid? I'm gonna beat his ass.
1: And that's a so much of the movie is about Alcoholism. You have Helen Hunt's an alcoholic. You find out her mother is an alcoholic and homeless, and then uh, Kevin Spacey's father was an alcoholic, and and then the the, the John Bon Jovi's character. And it, I don't think it grasps grasps with that at all. I mean, there's one scene where Helen Hunt they're in the bus station. She's sort of apologizing to him, but like I don't know. I feel like with all these alcoholics, there'd be more about like the journey of alcoholism or something. I don't know. I just feel like. It's touching on all this stuff for the Oscar-baitiness, but not in any way that is, like, fulfilling or rewarding or or substantive in any way that I might glean as as an audience.
0: Yeah, no, my big problems with this movie is anything that doesn't have to do with Pay It Forward. Like, Pay It Forward is the title of this movie that's 20 minutes of the movie. But yeah, the, the whole, like, Helen Hunt gets magically sober and then magically drunk again. Like, it's just... Whatever, whenever the script needs Helen Hunt to grab a bottle of vodka that she's got hidden under the sink, she grabs a bottle of vodka that's hidden under the sink, When she needs to clean up her act. She's like, oh, I, I'm not drinking anymore.
1: And I'm going to go go so far as that again, maybe you'll disagree with me here. I think the pay it forward shit was poorly realized. I think uh, by the end of the movie where you get this like midnight visual over Haley Joel Osment's fucking corpse... And you have you see all the people that he helped. I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see more of the widespread. When Jay Moore comes, it was like this. This is a movement. It's gotten all the way to L.A. It's still like five people. I know. It, it, like the idea of that is good. And there were mo-
0: like like uh, the Jim Caviezel in this movie. All of his shit worked for me. You know, he's a, a homeless guy that Haley Joel Osment meets. He's the first guy Haley Joel Osment tries to help. He meets the most gorgeous looking homeless man <laughs> in a homeless camp.
1: Jesus himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're like, wow, this guy with like, you know, fucking deep blue eyes that I want to fucking dive in and swim in, you know, he could just get some pictures together and be a fucking model. But no, he's homeless because he's a big old smack addict. He's got shitty so teeth. Jaw- I don't know
1: if you noticed. He, they they, they yeah. gave him bad teeth,
0: they did shitty up his teeth. Uh, so Haley Joel Osment takes him to his house, uh, feeds him, you know, feeds him, lets him shower, lets him sleep in the truck that's in the garage. And he's his first pay it forward guy. He's like, here's the thing. I do this for you. I help you out. He gives him some money so he can buy like a clean suit so he can go in and get a job interview. And he gets a job as like a handyman. Um, but then he goes right back on the smack. It's None of it is well executed. It's just good ideas. Because here's Jim Caviezel's next scene after he's like, hey. Uh, I cleaned up my act. I'm not on the smack anymore. Haley Joel Osment gave me some money. I got a job, and uh I clean. I fixed up your truck because I'm paying it forward to you. I, I, I'm doing a good deed for you. And then, like two scenes later, Haley Joel Osment's like, "Hey, is Jim Caviezel over there?" And he's just got like fucking. He's whacked out on smack. Then later on in the movie, Jim Caviezel's just walking around. He sees a lady jumping off a bridge, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Don't jump off that bridge." I've I i realized my life. Now that I'm saving your life, save my life. And then you never see Jim Caviezel again. He's not even at the candlelight vigil. But, like, that's the part of the movie where I was like, this is where your movie should be. This is what it should be. It should be about helping people. This movie should be saccharine and fucking sweet as shit. It should be random acts of kindness beget more
1: random acts of kindness. But then they kill Haley Jossman at the end, so... Well, that's... And I would say... even fuck it up. Even the Jim Caviezel thing, like, in theory, or on paper, I think that's a good thing, like, a point for this movie to make. Like, you helped this guy out, you gave him a, you know, a place to stay for the night and fed him, but that doesn't mean you cured him of his fucking smack addiction, you know? Like, that's... I, I, I mean, I like that as a direction, but yeah, what does it matter to the... St- that, the problem is this movie is it has a story, and it shouldn't. It should be an anthology film... That like where all the stories connect of all the different people. Fuck Halo Osment. Yeah. he's at the beginning and he's at the end, and he doesn't get fucking stabbed to death in a goddamn school <laughs> brawl. And then the rest of it. We should
0: cut the part where our main protagonist gets stabbed to death in the last three minutes of the movie. What you
1: do is you have in dis, some seemingly disconnected stories of people doing acts of kindness, where there's always a mysterious element of someone spurring it on, and then you you get like a circuitous uh, you know reveal at the end where how they all connect you, you realize it's a it's an out of uh, sequence sequence that was started here and ends here that's how you do that and you don't need to worry about whether Helen Hunt gets to fuck Kevin Spacey or i guess Kevin Spacey gets to fuck Helen Hunt cuz he's the burn victim
0: yeah that's what i'm saying we cut Kevin Spacey and Helen Hunt out of this movie entirely and you re- you make the movie follow Jay Moore as he's piecing all of this together and then cuz that's Jay Moore's part in this we open with Jay Moore He's a a reporter. He stumbles upon, like, a crime scene, and he's, like, trying to get a scoop, but the criminal rams his car into Jay Moore's car, and so Jay Moore's like, oh, shit, my car is busted up, but then a guy gives him keys to a Jaguar, and he's like, no, you take my car, just, you know, pay it forward to three people, them's the rules, and that's, like, the cold open of the movie. We needed to follow Jay Moore as he, like follows the the trail of good deeds you know and then that's the the story it's just all these kindness you can have Haley joel osman in the movie and then maybe at the end we find out oh this that the little kid started it he was the fucking brainchild of it but no i don't need to see helen hunt fucking getting liquor bottles out of her uh, washing machine
1: when when we first are introduced to helen hunt did it freak you out as much as it did me like you're in a strip club and you have all the strippers and and Bart ladies and they're all dressed like they have like blue wigs on and you see you see you don't know that it's Helen Hunt right away you just see somebody like some lady like just shaking her ass (laughs) uh, waiting tables and then she turns around and it's fucking sunken eyes Helen Hunt
0: (laughs) yeah I did not buy Helen Hunt in this movie for one fucking second
1: And and I mean don't get me wrong, Helen Hunt great actress. I'm not denigrating her at all, but yeah, she did not make any sense in this in this movie.
0: No, she is completely miscast. And I I said I would argue Kevin Spacey is miscast as well. I he just he gives off creepy vibes.
1: When was this relative to K-PAX? This is probably like around the same time, right?
0: Like a year before K-PAX.
1: Cuz yeah, this I feel like you know, he wins the Oscar for American Beauty. And then he does this and K-Pax. I think he was trying to be like, you know, well, I think also, I don't know, was The Life of David Gale? I've never seen that. Was that Oscar Beatty? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he was just like, I'm just going to keep trying to win Oscars and that's all I'm going to do to cover up for when they eventually find out I'm fucking the little children.
0: I, uh, if I win enough Oscars, <laughs> maybe I can just barricade my door with all the Oscars I've won when the cops come to raid me. That was his plan. <laughs>
1: Well, no, I feel like, you know, you you get into scandals at however many Oscars. Like, you you turn over an Oscar, and that's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. The cops come to your door (laughs) like, hey, all these kids said that you you molested them. Well, here's my Oscar for American Beauty. Yes, sir, but have you seen The Usual Suspects? Oh. I mean, Uh, he... he raped a bunch of kids, but Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, there was also the uh, the shipping news as well. That was a, a failed Oscar bait Kevin Spacey movie. Yeah, and then Beyond the Sea, where he directed himself as Bobby Darren when he was like twenty years older than Bobby Darren was when he died. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, I'm fifty year old Kevin Spacey playing eighteen year old Bobby Darren."
1: Did you know he was just in a movie like this year? He played the the voice of an evil killer car. <laughs> No, like a real movie. Yeah, well, it was a British movie called Control, and I looked I, I only know of it because Kevin Spacey was in it. He's the voice of an, I think, an AI car that tries to kill somebody.
0: I uh, know, I did not know that. I, I thought he was like back and working.
1: Well, I <laughs> believe, I believe he's kind of out of the woods legally because a lot of the witnesses just mysteriously fucking died. Oh, I don't think that's a coincidence. That's just that sometimes that happens. Yeah, sometimes it happens when Kevin Spacey pays people to murder the people that are accusing him of horrible crimes. I'm not saying that definitely happened. I'm just saying that definitely is happening. Because, uh, yeah, I saw him. I, was he
0: I don't know. I thought I saw Kevin Spacey like being interviewed by someone, and I'm like, wait, people are interviewing Kevin Spacey? well he was also
1: and it's not like in a criminal proceeding like i think during covid he was also in a movie it was like a a foreign movie i only know it was directed by franco nero who's like a a french uh actor that i guess directed a movie and it's got faye dunaway in it and it was still like controversial because obviously it was during the the you know when all the shit was happening but he played i i can't remember i think it was the man who painted god or something or the man who something god uh and kevin spacey i remember played a cop who arrests uh, the main character thinking he's a pedophile, but then learns that he's innocent of the crime and releases him. (laughs) Well, that's,
0: I mean, if there's any uh, correlations between Kevin Spacey being a pedophile and the film Pay It Forward, we do get a wonderful scene at the bus station. (laughs) Holy shit,
1: I shit my pants. (laughs) When Kevin Spacey rescues Haley Joel Osment from Kevin Spacey. So, H-
0: Haley, uh, Helen Hunt, secret drunk, uh, she gets in a fight with her son, uh, they're yelling at each other, and she slaps Haley Joel Osment, and Haley Joel Osment's like sitting there like, oh shit, like stunned because his mom's By the way,
1: him. bit of trivia, Haley Joel Osment asked Helen Hunt to literally slap him, yeah. but the director was like, no, we're not doing that.
0: I saw that on IMDB, and then Kevin Spacey walked in, and he's like, I could do it. I mean, oh, you want me to use my hand? Ah, shit. Well, then I'm out.
1: I mean, I'll have to cover my my lap with a uh, you know a book or something so nobody sees anything. But uh.
0: but yeah. So Helen Hunt slaps Haley Joel Osment, and then Haley Joel Osment runs away, and Helen Hunt goes calls Kevin Spacey and goes, um, you know, I you know she doesn't have a car, so she's like, you need to help me find Haley Joel Osment. So they go to the bus station because Kevin Spacey's like, oh yeah, I know where a lost young boy would be. I don't know why I just have that information. Just brewing at the top of my head, but I know exactly where a, where a young, innocent, young boy might be.
1: I mean, I know where they always are otherwise. I mean, <laughs> every time I look for them.
0: He goes to the bus stop, and then there's this guy who goes up to Haley Joel Osment, and he's like, Hey, you come with me, and uh, I'll take you where you need to go. And then he, like, creepy, like, opens up Haley Joel Osmond's mouth, like he's inspecting Haley Joel Osmond's, you know, Facial orifices. It's gross. But then Kevin Spacey runs in, grabs the guy, throws him in the bathroom, and then Helen Hunt rescues the kid. But you never see what happens in that bathroom. And I wish we got a scene in that bathroom where maybe Kevin Spacey's like, this one's mine. I'm running a along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm trying to get in good with the mother... <laughs>
1: You keep out of this. You know what's not funny at all? The fact that Kevin Spacey rapes children. That's not, that's not, a, that's because that's a real thing that happens in real life, and that's not funny. I want to stress is, that.
0: But I, like I said, I, I did not get any kind of like, I, I, I can still watch Kevin Spacey movies. And it's suspension of disbelief. Maybe it's just because he's a good actor. I'm not seeing seeing Kevin Spacey. I'm seeing the character he's playing. But when shit like that happens in a movie, you're like, oh, fuck, that's right. Well, I can't f- enjoy this anymore.
1: I feel like it's because because as you say he often plays like creepy characters and it's it's still easy to look at Kevin Spacey and go oh isn't he really good at playing creepy cuz he's really creepy in real life but in this movie like when he's like showing off his burns and shit and we're like oh we got to feel bad for him cuz half of his body's burned i di- i didn't I, I was like oh no somebody probably set him on fire and that was that's was probably a good thing cuz he's probably trying to rape a child
0: yeah no i i could not buy kevin spacey as sympathetic good-natured yeah good-natured sweet guy who who cares about children um and, and you know personal things aside i just don't think he works in those roles he's not a fucking kind he doesn't have kind eyes he just can't some people can't play those characters helen hunt can't play this you know trailer trash drunk character that she was cast as
1: yeah she seems too good for it like she's too kind of you know I don't know like like not urbane I don't know what the word is but yeah she she doesn't seem blue collar at all to me
0: Yeah well and that Jim Caviezel is a homeless man no
1: they This is like Feruza Bulk this. should
0: play this role
1: Yeah no they cast this film completely wrong uh, and to be fair, Kevin Spacey's character sucks too. When he when he shows up first day of school and he's like, here's your assignment, change the world. My first thought is, look at this fucking Dead poet Society bullshit. Fuck this guy. I would be that kid who's like, you know, I don't know, what, what would I do to change? I'd probably pitch like assassinating the president or something. Just like, fuck you and your change the world assignment.
0: Uh, it's social studies. I mean, it is very... Is it social studies or is it
1: vocabulary class? Because that seems like all he's fucking teaching them.
0: He does teach them a lot of vocabulary. Well, because that's how you know he's, like, uh well-educated in highfalutin is because he uses big words and he always tells the kids to go get their thesaurus to look up those words. And, and uh, Helen Hunt is so
1: dumb that she doesn't know what the word euphemism means and has to look it up in the dictionary and somehow knew that it started with E even though you'd think if she w- didn't know what it was she'd probably think it started with U.
0: Eh, that would have been a good bit, yeah. She's looking up
1: euphemism but she <laughs> not a how to fucking spell it to look it up. Uh, I just, this, I, uh, I hate it so much about this movie. I hated a lot
0: about this movie, but like I said, some of it worked for me. You know, what didn't work for me was uh, Thomas Newman just uh, pulling out some American Beauty rejects from his drawer to do the score for this movie. This the score to this film
1: is just the score to American Beauty, and it does not work. Uh, yeah, I mean, so much of this just feels... like, well, and, and again, it doesn't feel anything like American Beauty as a movie, because that, that movie is obviously very subversive, as you mentioned. It's about a, a grown man trying to fuck a teenage girl, and a guy fucking filming a paper bag flying in there. Like, there's nothing about the content of this. And I I feel like we we look back on that movie, because it was such a critical darling and an Oscar favorite. It made, well, won a bunch of Oscars. I think we look back on it as, like, kind of an oscar movie, like... I, when I think of like Patch Adams, like that kind of like heartwarming, but it's not. But this is that this is the movie we think of when we think of like failed Oscar bait. Like it's it's heartwarming to a yeah. fault. But yeah, but it's 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 like, oh, is it trying to be American Beauty? No, not at all. I mean, if Kevin Spacey was acting like actual Kevin Spacey and wanted to fuck Haley Joel Osment, then it'd be more like American Beauty.
0: Yeah, no, this movie is nothing like American Beauty, except for the fact that it uses the exact same fucking music. So Haley Joel Osment will help a homeless man, and then you hear, Dun, 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 dun. It's like, no, that that music doesn't work. And
1: you're also stealing from the last movie you scored. Uh, But I don't know what the... just thinking of the music and how that influences tone. I always talk about like Mrs. Doubtfire music, that like we know we're in a jaunty comedy because it's this. I don't know what I don't know what music you would put behind this because I don't know what tone the movie is reaching for.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's all over the place. Like I said,
1: it's it's it ain't good. You know what this movie reminds me of, and not not to say that it's nearly that crazy, but just in the 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 juxtaposition or disconnect between aim and and execution, uh, Book of Henry. Precocious.
0: I got a, yeah, I got some Book of Henry vibes. I mean, this movie also has a dead kid in it.
1: I guess, yeah, because he dies at the end. Like, we spoiled that. I guess if you're gonna watch painful, but just like he's so precocious to the point where he does like amazing things that that are just unbelievable. He creates a, in this case he creates a a movement that we're supposed to believe exists by the end, even though I don't, I just, I don't know. I feel like I was getting a lot of book of Henry out of this.
0: Yeah. Well, also just to talk about the the movement that he creates. So he creates this pay it forward throughout the movie. We see Jay Moore investigating it, but the movie makes it look like not grandiose. I mean, Jay Moore says like, Oh yeah, there's been uh, instances of it in like different cities. Like oh, there's some in L.A., there's some in San Francisco, you know. So this is this is spreading. But like the candlelight vigil at the end for Haley Joel Osment when he's dead
1: is just like I don't know, like thirty people just hanging around. Well, that's that's the thing. The movie actually plays it, it, downplays it to the point where like it feels, I would say, grounded and realistic to what something like this actually would be in real okay. life. Where it would be like a little human interest story that a reporter might report on. There, like, there's enough there for that, but there's not enough there to make make it, like, justify making a movie about this story. The The way you do this no. as a movie is it's worldwide. The president knows about it. You know, that shit.
0: Uh, which apparently, I read the synopsis for the book this was based on because I was like, did the kid die in the book? Like, he apparently he does. So I was like, okay, I guess that's true to the book. But in the book, uh, the Haley Joel Osment character meets the president. I mean, yeah. And then he dies in Washington, D.C. But
1: see that? I mean... And that seems ridiculous, as you, if you're explaining that as the plot of a movie, but that makes sense for it being a movie, because like it's like big things have to happen in movies, because why, why would you make a movie where eight people help eight other people?
0: Yeah, and they're not even... And Like, Haley Joel Osment, when he pitches the thing, he's like, it has to be big, you know? It has to be something they couldn't do for themselves. But the good deeds we see in this movie... Are not grandiose at all. One guy gives Jay Moore a car, and but that's the biggest one because that guy was paid forward by the most stereotypical uh, black character that's ever been in a film.
1: Yeah, and I like that actor. He, he's on uh, Arrow, the the CW Arrow show. Uh, oh, I've never seen him before. Well, he, he that this was years after he was on Arrow, but yeah, I I yeah, this was not a good look. <laughs> no, it was ter- he's because uh, Jay Moore follows the guy. He's like, hey, you gave me the car.
0: What's up with this? And he's like, you just got to pay it forward. And he's like, well, who paid it forward to you? And the guy tells a story of, I, my daughter was having an asthma attack. I took her to the hospital. We couldn't get help. And then there was a black guy who was had a stab wound and he was going to get help first. And the nurse is like, well, we have to help him. He has a stab wound. Stab wounds go first. But then the black guy sees uh, this guy with his daughter and he goes, No, 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 you help this girl first. You gotta get somebody here. And then he makes a big scene, pulls out a gun, and starts shooting. And I guess that facilitated the asthma girl going to... Like, it doesn't even make sense. No. And then when did the black guy tell the guy about Pay It Forward? I was... Because he was immediately arrested. So
1: how did this even happen? I was wondering about that, too. I was thinking, did I look away and miss something? Like, did he shout, like... Fucking help! Help three people. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm doing Some a thing.
0: <laughs> but then, yes, yeah, so then Jay Moore goes to prison. Uh, meets the black guy, and the black guy, uh, Jay Moore. It, there's a needless subplot where Jay Moore has to get this guy's parole hearing moved, so he'll talk to him in the first place. And then the guy says, "Oh, I learned about pay it forward from this old lady. I was robbing a store." And this lady gave me a, ra- a getaway ride <laughs> and then, like, shared a drink with me in her car because she lives in her car and she's a big drunk. And she got paid forward by Helen Hunt because that old lady is Helen Hunt's mom. And Helen Hunt's just like, I forgive you. Now go do three good deeds. And
1: I'm just going to call bullshit. on no, this makes any goddamn sense. I'm going to call bullshit on that right there. C- Forgiving a family member shouldn't count for pay it forward. It should have to be a stranger and it's like a good deed that you just like 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 the guy with the car and like you just swoop in and you you help somebody and then they help other people. Sorting out your own family shit isn't paying it forward.
0: Yeah, like you you see a, a guy uh, you know trying to get some food, he doesn't have the change. You go, "Hey, I'll buy your burger." Oh, bu- by the way, you know In the
1: future, do something nice for somebody. Hey, uh, homeless man, I'm going to buy you lunch, but you got to do something for me. you got to, with (laughs) your homelessness and your lack of funds or resources, you need to help three other people.
0: You know what? We could start putting the homeless people to work just by making them do good deeds. (laughs) They ain't going to get paid for it, but they'll be helping society. Well, you know what? It's about time they got off their asses and started fixing Helen Hunt's truck.
1: I mean, poverty isn't, a, you know, a choice or a, a malady. It's, it's, it's social policy. You know, it, you know c- cities can, can pay to, to help them or they can pay to, like, make benches have, like, fucking spikes on them so they can't lay on them long enough, long enough time. But, you know, we could just say, do three good deeds and then you're fine being homeless. We're still not going to give you homes,
0: but, no, but, but we're not going like... to kick you out of the city. Eventually, one homeless person will help another homeless person, and then, like, you know, I don't know. Isn't that what Reaganomics basically is? Yeah, no, that, that's
1: what was trickling down, was homelessness good deeds.
0: <laughs> Just get all the homeless people to do a bunch of work for free, and it'll make us rich. But
1: eventually, a rich guy will give you his car. Which, does he have to pay insurance on that? How does that even fucking work? Don't you have to give, like, the... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You can't just give the keys to
0: your car to somebody. You have to guy. give them the
1: title. They got to get it signed. He <laughs> you know, basically this stole this, is this your man's car, car. now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, none of the, none of it makes sense, but it could. I mean, it's that the thing I'm saying about this movie is that the idea, the basic premise of Pay It Forward, I could see a good movie in there.
1: And was it this was he waiting there to give some about
0: that was that a
1: just a fluke of like this guy's car got destroyed I'm here parked in front of this hostage crisis for some fucking reason and I'm gonna give him Mike which is it weird that the hostage crisis comes to nothing I was waiting for that to loop back around and like somehow that was like an influence of a good deed
0: no the, well this guy's just like he's walking his dog. But yeah, it must be his house because he's like, take my car, it's the Jag. So his car is already parked, so so he must be like at the end of his dog He
1: just happens to be the neighbor of a fucking active gun-toting hostage (laughs) crisis? I assumed he he drove there with his dog for some reason and then left the car and then walked all the way home with his dog.
0: Hey, Rover, do you want to go for a walk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the real shitty neighborhood with uh, hostage situations going on all the
1: time? Yeah, yeah, yeah because it it doesn't need to be I don't know
0: why this guy's dog
1: talks it doesn't need to be a hostage situation he could just break down on the side of the road why did you need to have yeah, like police could... and shit
0: no it's 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 fucking dumb as all shit uh what else about this movie uh, slap. did you take notes I did take notes, but we've already talked about some stuff. Uh, yeah, the black guy with a gun, uh, the pyramid scheme, Jim Caviezel goes back on the smack. Oh, and then another one that doesn't make any sense. So Haley Joel Osment, he, he sees that Jim Caviezel's back on the smack. So his original pay it forward, he crosses out Jim Caviezel's name. He's like, ah, that didn't work. And he gets a little disillusioned, but he's like, oh, you know who I'm going to help? Kevin Spacey. I'm going to help and you know how I'm going to help my him teacher, I'm going to get him to
1: fuck my drunk mom <laughs> which again, presuming that he's he's not like, okay, Kevin Spacey's a fucked up burn victim. My mom's gonna have to take one for the team and fuck this guy. I'm assuming <laughs> he thinks this is a mutually beneficial thing, like my mom needs a guy in her life to set her straight and he, and she he needs to get fucked because he's an ugly burn victim. This is helpful to both of them, so it's not altruistic. You're helping out your own mom. You're not paying it forward. You're paying it within your own inner circle. It's fucking bullshit.
0: Well, and then he even says that to Kevin Spacey. He's like, well, you have to pay it forward now that I helped you fuck my mom. My gosh. You You have to pay it for you have to pay it back to my mom and give her another chance because this is after she's gotten back with John Bon Jovi and John Bon Jovi's gotten drunk and now she wants Kevin Spacey back. There's like 15 minutes in the movie where like they break up. Uh, so it, that's not paying it forward. That's paying it back. That's like, hey, you fucked Helen Hunt. I I helped you out. Now. You help the girl who fucked you. I guess it's paying her no, for it No, uh, it isn't. Oh, it is no, paying it the because the whole, cause the whole
1: premise is you do not ask for something in return. You you ask mm. them to pay it forward. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be about selflessness. It's a lesson in you know we're not just doing something for reciprocity. That's why the whole scene with the the congressman or whatever exists because Jay Moore is doing a similar thing, but it's a quid pro quo. I I owe you a favor, so give me a favor. Thing. It's it's to do to differentiate it from. The pay it forward system, but then they fucking betray the pay it forward system.
0: Yeah, and I, and I just—that's the most dumb thing to do—is like, to, what's the good deed to, I can do again? I can get this. I can get this guy a free fuck from my mom.
1: Which I mean, I'm fine with that. As a, I think he just sees these two people. One of is his mom. One is his teacher that he respects. Oh, I, I want to bring them together. But don't make that part of the pay it forward thing. That's just a thing that he does because he's a precocious kid and he wants a dad or whatever the fuck. It should be you should see other pay it. You should see more pay it forward shit. He only pays it forward to one guy, to Jim Caviezel, and then he's like, "Well, that didn't work out. I guess I'll just fucking give up." But we already established he's the kid that never gives up. You give him something like this, he's gonna kill himself in exhaustion, not giving up. But then he fucking gives up. Well, and then
0: when you think about it now. He didn't do anything. He Well, he came up with the idea of pay it forward, but the pay it forward movement that Jay Moore is following is based on Helen Hunt. So I guess if we're connecting the dots of Haley Joel Osment got Kevin Spacey and Helen Hunt to fuck, and then Kevin Spacey paid forward to Helen Hunt by giving her a second chance, and now Helen Hunt pays it forward to her mom, And then her mom pays it forward to the black guy who pays it forward to the the rich guy with the jaguar who pays it forward to Jay Moore. I guess we can follow that chain, but that makes no fucking sense. Did Kevin Spacey get back with Helen Hunt and he's like, hey, I'm doing this because it's my
1: good deed? No, the first case of pay it forward is Helen Hunt's mom to the gangster guy. Helen Hunt talking to her mom isn't paying it forward. It's just, hey, mom... I don't feel as bad that you were a drunk bum. That's not, that's not a good deed. That's just something you, you, you're talking to a family member. Her helping no, the guy with the cops she... is the first good deed that starts the chain.
0: Well, yeah, but Helen Hunt told her mom to do three good deeds. I don't know why her mom agreed yeah, to Yeah, Helen this. Hunt
1: told her mom about the, the thing, and then she started it. That's, that's how it happened.
0: But she started it by giving a criminal a ride away from the authorities.
1: Well, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. Well, he, she st- sh- stopped the cops from getting. No, fuck the cops. She did a good deed. Always defy the cops. All cops are bad. Fuck them.
0: If you see a man running with something, he is obviously stolen. Let him get in your car.
1: No, oh no! If I see somebody running for the cops, I help that guy. I'm not even fucking joking. That fuck the cops. They're fucking. It's a an inherently racist institution. You, you trip them up if they're running and the cops are running. Just move your foot out. Trip that fucking cop.
0: Uh, oh, speaking of somebody getting in in your car, uh, I was waiting to pick up my wife at school, and someone just got in the back seat of my car, thinking I was a fucking Uber.
1: Wait, doesn't Uber have? I know. I guess doesn't one of don't they have like a moustache oh, me- or something on their car? Or am I thinking of something else? No.
0: I don't think they have anything identifying on the car, but on the app, it tells you what kind of model the car is and the driver's license. But this lady was like, car parked out in front of the hospital, I'm getting in it. <laughs> Must be for me. And I had to go like, oh, uh, like I had shit in the back seat.
1: Also, like she's just why
0: was your car sidling. unlocked? Well, because I was waiting for my wife.
1: I guess. She was about
0: to get, so I had, I'm sitting there idled in the parking lot, doors unlocked. as ladies just like, and I'm like,
1: get the what the fuck? I'm surprised that actually doesn't happen more now that I think about it.
0: I'm like, get the fuck out! I've here. never done
1: it. I've like, never done Uber. Dude, Do I guess you've done Uber before. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, I've never done it. I, I would be freaked out. I'd just be in somebody else's car.
0: Uh, yeah, that is. I mean, I guess it's tracked on the app. So if this guy murders me. At least they'll know who murdered I mean, it's me. tracked on the app. Or my if last it's known whereabouts. Unless it's
1: some guy like you hanging out, waiting for people to get into their car by accident.
0: That's true. You could just just park your car in front of bars. Someone will probably just jump in your car.
1: Ah, that's. I mean, I know there are it's, killer Uber driver movies. I I wonder if that's the premise of any of them. He's literally just like, I'm not even Uber. I'm just waiting for them. Uh, no,
0: there is a good. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Spree? No,
1: but it looks interesting. Yeah, with the kid from Stranger Things.
0: The kid from Stranger... That's uh, a good movie. And, uh... Sashira Zameda's
1: in that movie. We could watch... Oh, I guess we we'll fucking watch that right <laughs> after we watch fucking Pay It Forward and Go.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's a good movie. That kid from Stranger Things is a good little actor. Uh, anything else about the... We already talked about the bus station. Talked about the slap. Um,
1: well, can we talk about... Yeah, I don't we, understand. We, we keep throwing out Haley Jossman dies at the end of this movie. It's, there's a fucking, there's three beats to this arc. The very beginning of the movie, he's looking, he's at his inner, tough inner city school in Las Vegas. And he sees a kid like trick the metal detector to get his knife in the school. And he's like, I see you with that knife, but I'm not going to do anything because I'm a scared little bitch. And then halfway through the movie, he sees like one of his friends who we don't, I don't think we really meet him that much, but like he's at his birthday party and then he's getting picked on by those, I think those same kids, right? Or at least one of the kids is that kid with the knife. And he's like, I, I'm yeah, not going to do anything because I'm still a scared little fucking bitch. And then I guess at the end he's like, I, I pay, I've i inspired so many people to pay it forward. I'm going to pay it forward and beat up these bullies. And that's when he gets fucking stabbed. Well, because, he, yeah, he has a
0: scene earlier where he's like, uh, you know, I chicken. He feels bad because he didn't stand up to the bullies. And it's, if, if, yeah, this movie, uh, <laughs> I said, is a fucking failure. I knew this was going to happen. I knew Haley Joel Osment dies in this movie. But this movie well, you, is you like you knew two or hours. you
1: suspected based on the structure.
0: I knew. I think I've seen this movie before. Jesus Christ. I've either Yeah, I've either seen this movie before or I've seen parts of it. But like I if you asked me yesterday what's what happens in Pay It Forward, I'd be like, "Oh, Haley Joel Osment starts a thing and he dies at the end." Like I knew that happened. I knew that was part of the plot. But this movie is two hours and three minutes. He gets stabbed at like an hour and 58. Like, it is, it still surprised me. Because I, like, I didn't, just like John Bon Jovi showing up in the movie, I knew it was going to happen. But then when it happens, you're not prepared for it. I totally forgot, like, as I was watching the movie, I forgot that Haley Joel Osment dies. It's like the last fucking scene of the movie. Haley Joel Osment's like, ah, my pay it forward thing is a success. Now, time to save this little friend of mine from being bullied, stabbed to the
1: gut, dead. And I feel like... End credits. What? It, and, and then, yes, he, he dies, and he, like, he, they go to the hospital, and he doesn't fucking make it. Kevin Spacey's cradling a crying Helen Hunt, and then they're, like, they're watching a video of him, the, the video they took earlier, and then they look outside, and there's all these people holding candles. He helped us all. Fuck that. Here's the ending. You still do that. It doesn't have to be stabbing. I, I think the a, a cleaner way of doing it would be like a terminal illness or something. Maybe he always knew or something. Or I don't know. Maybe cancer that goes something. He he goes. To, he collapses. He goes to the hospital. He needs a transplant to save his life. All of a sudden, a stranger comes up. My daughter just died, and I want I want you to give her heart to Haley Joel Osment. Why? Because somebody gave gave me something really helpful, and, and, and said to pay it forward to three people. And then Haley Joel Osment yeah, lives. No. That's your ending, you fucking idiots.
0: No, that's a, that's a perfect ending to this movie. And I was waiting for something to come back to them. You know, like I was waiting for someone to do a random good deed for Helen. You were Hump waiting for the premise to was? make any
1: sort of fucking sense or get of any closure. Yeah.
0: Well, and then that that's what's kind of interesting about this movie is because Haley Joel Osment dies at the end. The pay it forward movement doesn't, like, they kind of say that it's successful. It's like growing, but you never see that. The movie kind of downplays this, uh, these random acts of kindness. What is this movie trying to say? Is this movie trying to be cynical towards uh,
1: good deeds? Because it's not an uplifting movie. No, it's, see, that's, it's almost as if, like, and I know this isn't based on a true story, but this is, that's the only way this structure makes any sort of sense, is if this was based on a true story, which is why we can't go outrageous with with how far the movement went, because it, that's not realistic, and he dies randomly at the end, because that happens in real life, whereas in a movie, you would make it fucking mean something.
0: Yeah, no, the, the fact that Haley Joel Osment dies at the end of this movie is just like... I guess we need an ending. What if our main character is stabbed to death, and then uh, the credits roll, and then we'll just have that American Beauty music play over the end credits?
1: And cause, and my 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 second thought is, this is an Oscar baity movie, so they want to kill Haley Joel Osment at the end for pathos. Yeah. But then you would milk it, wouldn't you? You'd have him like in the hospital bed, and you know, give some kind of you know something to to show like the clip to show at the Oscars. But they don't even do that. He's just dead, and that's it.
0: Yeah, no, like don't even – don't kill him. Have him in the hospital and then, you know, yeah, people do uh, random acts of kindness. And then he's in the hospital uh, and, you know, he's disillusioned because all the random acts of kindness he's done haven't worked. But then he sees on the TV the 60 Minutes interview with Jay Moore talking about how, you know, someone gave a million dollars to this homeless shelter, you know, and now – all, all this shit's paying off for him, you know? So now he's inspired and it's a happy ending. <laughs> this movie ends with everyone going, Hey, sorry, Haley Joel Osment died two minutes ago, but this movie's wrapping up.
1: But, uh, some guy gave me a car. So that was nice. I did.
0: What the fuck is this movie? Like I said, the the premise is good. I, I, at one point in my notes, I wrote, fuck all of this pay it forward shit is working for me. That's when James Caviezel helps the lady off the bridge like I, I liked that scene. I, I thought it was touching. But then that's the last time you see Jim Caviezel. Like that never goes anywhere.
1: You could have easily just done that. She survived. Maybe she. You find out she was killing herself because she had a terminal illness and she wanted to go on on her own terms. But she instead she lived and then she gives her heart to Haley Joel Osment. You know, like that's a, yeah. that's a fucking one to two connection right there.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk about Kevin Spacey and Helen Hunt's sex
1: Sexy? I do, but not. I, I'm trying to remember. There was a movie. I, maybe I, I, I'm trying. To, I can't even think of the name of it. Uh, I think I want to say it was an '80s movie where a kid is protesting. I want to say nuclear weapons or some war, maybe. And he he goes on strike. He he goes on strike from his baseball team, and then that inspires like an actual major league baseball player to go on strike, and then that like affects the thing, like it ends the war. Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? This sounds familiar. I I don't remember no the name of it, but like it's a very similar story, but like that has the like the payoff of that like it affects world affairs. It it you pay it forward, it extrapolates outwards and then it 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 has it justifies a movie being made based on the story. And that's my big problem with this is like mm-hmm. it is so small scale and so focused on the personal element which I also don't care about, but even if I did, it's just not it's not big enough in scope to justify this being an interesting story based on the premise. Yeah. And like, what am I supposed to think at the end?
0: Like you would think this movie, pay it forward. At the end of the movie, you would be inspired to do good deeds. Like when I, I I used to love my name is Earl and that would every, at the end of every episode, I would be filled with like hope and like encouragement that there's good in the world. At the end of this movie, I'm like, Oh yeah, you help a homeless guy off the smack. He's just going to get back on the smack again and then you're going to get stabbed by a
1: little fucking kid. Well, that's the thing. If I What's the point? If I were to have read Jay, like let's say this was based on a true story and like the Jay Moore character was a real journalist who really wrote, who wrote a human interest story about a kid who started this and it it got to other states and things. Like I that would be an uplifting human interest story if you read it in like Reader's Digest. But, as a movie, because you have to add all this stuff to make it a narrative, it bogs down that essential heartwarming premise because it doesn't just tell the premise it has to fucking get Kevin Spacey laid. None of that means anything, and and it all distracts from from what it's trying to do
0: yeah uh yeah this this sex scene between Kevin Spacey and Helen Hunt. ha, <sighs> no bueno. <laughs>
1: Well, it's just, and I did, am I, am I crazy or did they make his scars worse as the movie went on? I feel like I didn't notice it as much. And then like the further it got, it was like, is his, are his scars like getting more scarry?
0: I thought the same thing because like towards the end of the movie, like he, he's missing one of his eyebrows. And I was like, he wasn't missing an eyebrow the entire film. <laughs> like, I just think it's bad makeup. Like they're just inconsistent.
1: But yeah, if, by the time you get to the sex scene where that's the big reveal that it's actually like all across like a lot of his body, it was like I it was like is this like a? Do you remember that fucking creep show thing with Stephen King where he's like possessed by the weird growing moss? Like it was like his scar tissue was taking over his body.
0: Yeah, and then Helen Hunt like lovingly rubs her finger over his chest scar tissue.
1: And there's so many moments in this movie where she's like. Is it because of your fucked up face? Do you have low self-esteem because of your fucked up face? Trust me, I don't care about your fucked up face. I'm desperate enough that I'll fuck you even with your fucked up face.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I see there was one scene where she's like, because of your burns? If that's even what they are.
1: Look, I'm damaged goods. Fuck me with your burned ass dick. I assume your dick is also burned.
0: (laughs) It probably doesn't work. It's probably all stripped I mean, fucking charge. It certainly doesn't work with Let's Helen fit that Hunt. Into. Maybe,
1: maybe with Haley Joel Osment.
0: I <clears> know <throat> uh, that. That's why I can't get an erection. It's the burns. <laughs> it's not because you're a lady, and I'm totally yeah. When they make out at the end, too, it's just like oh, you can tell these two have just no fucking chemistry. But again, they're two actors who shouldn't be in this movie to begin with.
1: And again, Kevin Spacey doesn't have chemistry with adult women.
0: Uh, can't think of a time he has. Ah, uh, I got. I mean, oh, but again, I've I've never liked. Uh, Kevin Spacey doesn't do romantic comedies. He shouldn't. No, did
1: he? Did he ever do he like play Creeps and Psychos? Did he ever do like a full on romantic comedy? I can't think of one. Cause yeah, that would be fucking. That would be insane. I'd actually want to see that. Yeah.
0: No. All his leading man roles were, yeah, kind of in this you know, I've never seen the shipping news
1: that's more of a oh, drama, is
0: Yeah, and that's that's a movie where they're like, Kevin Spacey Kate Winslet, Kate Blanchett, Judy Dench
1: <laughs> Just shove the Oscars anybody right been, up our ass Yeah,
0: anybody who's been nominated for an Oscar in the past five years you're in this movie.
1: People see the movie they're like, what the shit is this? Oh, one other thing I wanted to bring up about the end the fucking candlelight vigil And this is another one where I was like, maybe I, I don't know if I saw this right. Did the kids who fucking stabbed Haley Joel Osment pop up at one point? I feel like one of the kids who was there, like pops up and like kind of gives like a sheepish shrug, like, sorry, I stabbed your kid to death. (laughs)
0: No, they mentioned, like, there's a voiceover in the news thing where they're like, oh, and he was stabbed and the kids went to juvie. But no, I don't
1: think, I don't think, it wasn't the main kid, but I think one of the kids in the crowd was in that crowd of bullies.
0: Maybe one of the bullies showed up. They did kind of make, like, a big deal about one kid popping up.
1: I think that was one of the bully
0: kids. I, I thought it was just one of the other kids in his class.
1: I, I could be wrong, but I was the like, "Kid with the because it's hair. just like the gull of that fucking kid.
0: Uh, yeah, now this, uh, this movie was, uh, not good, but I, I am glad I watched it. Yeah, I got nothing more in my notes. My last notes just say, Haley stabbed, he dead. (laughs) Because that's the last thing that happens. This fucking kid just,
1: he dead. That's what I texted you as I was watching it. He fucking dies? Like, that's because it's so unnecessary. I get, I get from a meta perspective of we're trying to make an Oscar bait movie. I get why they're like, it's like, you know, connect the dots. The kid's got to die to for a tearjerker moment, but you have to justify that in your story, and they don't. It's just like yeah. you, it's paint by numbers. Well, we you know we have to work backwards to when the kid dies at the end.
0: Yeah, you do that in the second act or something, and then Jay Moore finds him, and then it's like now he's like a Christ figure because he started this movement. You know, he's gone, but the movement lives on and is bigger than he ever imagined it could have been. You know you at least have to have more than two minutes of screen time after your main character just dies suddenly and randomly.
1: You know, I think that probably would have justified it. If you play with the nonlinear narrative, you find out he's been dead the whole time because we're telling it essentially in flashback. By the time Jaymore gets yeah. to the story, he's been dead for a few months and we're just seeing the after effects of his movement. I think that that's enough of a twist. You know, that's like the How I Met Your Mother or wife twist. You know, she was dead by the time we got to the end of the story.
0: Yeah, you could do a nice little switcheroo where, like, he shows up to the house, Helen Hunt answers the door, and he's like, yeah, I'm here to see uh, Trevor. And she's like, Trevor? Ooh, Trevor died two years ago. What are you talking about? And then, like, now Jay Moore realizes this thing he's been chasing is gone, but, you know, again, it's, but it, it's bigger the, than Yeah, he, the, but the movement not,
1: survives, the, and, you know, and you and you don't have to do a trite, like, he gets stabbed. We don't have to set that whole thing up. He just, he had cancer or something, you know? It was just, you know, something that happens.
0: No, because it's it's fucking bananas how he does it because Jay Moore finally finds them. And then he's like, I want to put Trevor on the news. This is my story. So he interviews Trevor the same day, right? Like the interview wraps. Jay Moore's like, great job, Trevor. This is going to be on the news tonight. And then (laughs) Haley J. goes out in the parking lot, gets stabbed and dies. And then later that night, they're like, oh, I guess we'll just watch the news story about our dead son. That'll cheer us up. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what would have been great? If, like, Jay Moore's holding his Emmy from the story he did, and then he's like, and Trevor, you paid it forward to me because now I got the Emmy!
1: (laughs) It just turns out he's the biggest piece (laughs) of shit in the world.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, just fucking, the movie's cynical as all hell anyway. Just end it with, (laughs) hey, dead kid, thanks for dying. You made the story even better.
1: When you say cynical, that's where I'm kind of, I'm curious where you fall on this, because like c- compared to another Haley Joel Osment movie, Forrest Gump, which uh, you know Nate and I watched for other podcasts uh, like last year or two years ago, maybe at this point, and we were fascinated by how cynical that movie was. We remembered it as this wholesome, heartwarming, nostalgic romp. And we're watching it like this is like about the death of the American dream. <laughs> and you know, but it's clearly on purpose, like that's the point of that movie. It's designed to trick you with all the schmaltz. Into thinking it's a a positive story when it's really about a white guy failing upwards, and like the fact that he's you know mentally retarded is the the cynical joke. Is this on purpose, or is this just so bad that it's trying to be legitimately heartwarming, but is instead incredibly cynical?
0: Yeah, that's what I can't figure out. It it is incredibly cynical. I mean, like
1: I'm falling on accidental.
0: But I think it's accidental. I think. They were like, "Oh, we'll we'll kill the kid because that will, you know, that will generate emotions from the audience." You know, I think that's all it was. I there's no because there's no reason that he needs to die. Well, because I think it makes it doesn't fit in with the narrative. Like the story's just over, so I guess he's dead. Like that's <laughs> there's no thematic reason why this kid needs to die at the end of the movie.
1: Because it's it's the cynicism of the people making the movie, sort of bleeding into what is the, an attempt at fake wholesomeness that then makes it cynical. They were cynical. They wanted to make a shitty Oscar bait movie, paint by numbers with Oscar bait shit. And in so doing, they were like, we got to make a wholesome, heartwarming, positive movie. But they couldn't because they themselves were so, were too cynical to do that.
0: Yeah, I can't figure it out. Because like, you, you would just think, maybe it's just bad marketing. Because just based on the poster, you're like, oh, that's going to be like a fucking Lifetime movie. Where I'll sit and enjoy it, and a good deed goes unpunished, right? Oh no, a good deed gets you stabbed by a
1: juvenile delinquent. Cause, and again, he, there's something you could do with that. With like, it doesn't matter how much good you put in the world. Random bad things sometimes just happen, and you know, like it's it's not about because that's that was always the joke with my name is Earl. His his understanding of karma came from watching Carson Daly talk about it. You know, he he never had a complete understanding of it. It was just this sort of naive thing, and sometimes it would bounce back on him. You could do that in a way that made kind of a profound point, but that's not what this movie is doing at all.
0: Nope. Yeah, no, this movie fails on so many levels. Uh, Surprisingly, surprising to no one, it received... Zero Oscar nominations. No Razzies either. I was surprised this didn't get any Razzies. It was nominated for three Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. Oh my god. Was
1: Blockbuster still,
0: I guess 2000,
1: Blockbuster still would have been around.
0: <laughs> In 2000? Yeah. Now I used to like that, uh, the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards because they would have like, They would separate everything in genre, so it would be like, best actor in a comedy, best supporting actor in a thriller suspense movie, and it would be like, and the winner is Wesley Snipes. You know, That's good that Wesley Snipes gets an award for
1: something. You know, I think that's how the Oscars should do it. They should separate it by genre, because we always talk about, like, comedies never win, horror movies never win, sci-fi movies never win. You know, you wouldn't have the idea of the Oscar bait movie if they made it more specific like that.
0: Yeah, I mean it would cheapen it a little bit, but no, it would be good. I would always, I, I always argue that the screenplay is like, who gives a shit if it's original or adapted? Like, do a comedic screenplay and a dramatic screenplay, like, because you know those are definitely two different art forms. Writing something funny and writing something dramatic.
1: Especially this year, fucking Barbie got nominated for adapted screenplay because it's adapted from the doll Barbie. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, I know people were, like, confused by that. They were like, how did this happen? I was like, last year, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Literally, if Ryan Johnson changed the main character's name, there is nothing adapted from Knives Out. Like, it's just one character. If he gave him a different name, it would have been an original screenplay. So that's just what the Oscars
1: did. Now that I'm thinking about that. So so the logic, then, is that essentially any sequel is adapted from the original.
0: Yeah, because it's material based on uh, another medium. Because well,
1: my, my thing about that, because I, 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 Godfather 2, was that also based on a book? Did Mario Puzo write a sequel that they adapted or did they just make Godfather 2? And then was know. that, I don't know if that got nominated for screenplay or not, but would it have been original or adapted?
0: Uh, I mean, by the uh, rules now, I, I would imagine it's adapted because like, I think they nominated like Toy Story 4 for like adapted screenplay.
1: Cuz I I feel like I would remember if that got adapted cuz I'm pretty sure it did get nominated for screenplay, right? How uh I don't know. I mean, it's The Godfather it too. Now. I can't imagine it didn't get nominated for everything.
0: Uh 1974 Oscars. I would imagine. This is tantalizing.
1: Well, now we can hear your radiator in the background ticking.
0: <laughs> uh oh, well, of course. Uh, you know what else I hate about the Academy Awards?
1: Okay, that the, the they're I so know... white and
0: white male. <clears throat> no, because I looked up 1974 Oscar nominations, and it gave me the Oscar nominations for the movies released in 1973, because the award ceremony was in 1974. I do fucking hate. Yes, that. I know. I know that the Oscars are are falling in March of 2024, but they they are the 2023 Oscars. Stop calling them the 2024 Oscars. You're just confusing things. But anyway. <laughs> The Godfather Part uh, Two was nominated for. As I scroll down, oh, I you were, uh, it was nominated for adapted, adapted screenplay, screenplay. There you screenplay. adapted from other material. But ter- that, yeah.
1: that being said, for all I know, there was a Godfather Two book that Mario Puzo shot at, a shout out <laughs> shortly after the first My, one.
0: Um, Why did we get on this? Oh, well, and that we can tie this back to Pay It Forward because Pay It Forward. Uh, was adapted from a novel that hadn't been published. So then they changed the novel to more uh, uh, being tied with the movie.
1: Yeah, apparently the structure of it was changed. The, the Jay Moore character originally came in like halfway through, but they were like, why don't we change that to make that more nonlinear, which is, is interesting. Well, that's the same for uh, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's technically adapted from a book, but they were writing the book and the movie at the same time, which like, yeah, why bother at that point
0: well that used to happen a lot like back in the 70s because books were like still big so like people still and, like, read There weren't, yeah well and then there weren't uh, VHS's yet so like Jaws is a big summer hit guess what the number one book is Jaws so now they started doing that with even like original movies they're like well let's we gotta write the book now, now so like the book and the movie would come out at the same now time
1: now that wasn't the case for Jaws though right that was written before that was
0: written before yeah uh, but the novelization of Jaws 2 was probably written <laughs> at the same be time curious. as the movie I've, Jaws I've never 2. seen
1: any of the sequels to Jaws.
0: you never seen Jaws 4, The no, Revenge? I, I've
1: heard of it, obviously. I know the premise, but I've, I've never seen it. Jaws 4, The Revenge. That's a that's a classic. <laughs> if you want to watch it for the podcast, I'd be willing to. Not next week, because next week's my pick, and, and it's not going to be fucking pay it forward.
0: Uh, well, speaking of that, uh, what do you want to watch next well, week? Well, I... F- Any any other thoughts
1: on Pay It Forward? Jesus Christ, do I? (laughs) No, No, I mean i I will say because you well, yeah, actually, I do. I have you said you cried multiple times. I need you to list them. I can't. I was trying to remember them
0: as we were talking about them. I teared up when Jim Caviezel helped the homeless or the lady off the bridge.
1: Which Uh, my best part about that scene, she's like a well-to-do looking lady. She doesn't look like she's homeless or anything. And then he's like, "Come on, get some coffee with me." And I just want to imagine like they have their own fucking story, where this lady who presumably has a job and a life is now just fucking this homeless guy.
0: I know he's like, "Go get some coffee with me." With what? You don't have any fucking money. You're smack junkie, Jim Caviezel. Oh. You're gonna you're gonna take her out to coffee and be like, "Oh, you're picking up a check for this, right, lady who was about to kill herself ten minutes ago?" You're,
1: I only saved your life so you'd buy me lunch. <laughs>
0: but that's so fucking weird that they throw that scene in. I guess it's just to uh show that the pay it forward movement is still a thing. But no, it's it's totally it's bullshit. I felt bad that I teared up during that scene like right after it happened. I was like, "Wait, no, this is bullshit."
1: You know what you should they should have done is cut to, like, the far-flung future, and it's Planet of the Apes, and an ape catches, like, a, a mindless human, and he's like, no, we let this one go, but you pay it forward to three other people. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, you, cut, should, you cut it, to a statue of Haley Joel Osment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this movie should have been a fucking slam-donk. Uh, but no, it's it's a big ass fucking failure. Uh, so anyway, what are you gonna? What are we gonna watch for next week? Uh,
1: well, I threw out an option to you. I don't even know if you even remember at this point. Go? No, not go. Uh, did you watch the trailer <laughs> for Wild Palms?
0: Oh no, I forgot to look into that.
1: Well, fuck you then. Because uh, no, okay. My here's the thing with Wild Palms. Uh, for people who don't know, Wild Palms was a five-part miniseries that uh ABC optioned after they canceled Twin Peaks because they wanted to do a Twin Peaks like like that they could control and that would have a definitive end point so they wouldn't it wouldn't end up like Twin Peaks did fizzling out after they fucked it up so they 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 uh uh picked up this movie where this miniseries Wad Palms it stars Jim Belushi so it counts for the show And it's produced by Oliver Stone. It's Oliver Stone's Twin Peaks, but it's sci-fi. It's all about virtual reality and holograms and shit. And I've always been interested to see it. And the first episode is feature-length. It's like 90 minutes. And then episodes two through four are like 40 minutes long. So I figure we can watch the first one, and either that's it, we just watch it like a movie, or if we want to continue with it, we can cover the next in, in two installments. You know, two, three, and then four and five. If we wanted to.
0: Uh, all right. So I'm I'm looking on YouTube. Wild Palms, episode one. Okay, is an hour and a yeah. half. All right, uh, I could watch that. I mean, you you had me at Jim Belushi. Jim
1: Belushi, Robert Loja, Charles Rocket. Uh, fucking
0: Necessary Roughness.
1: Charles Rocket. Charles Rocket.
0: Well, then I'm in. Uh, Jim Belushi, Charles Rocket, and Necessary Roughness is own Robert Loja, and Exit
1: to Eden's Dana Delaney as well.
0: Ah, this is a cavalcade of people whose careers stayed in the And
1: my favorite bit of trivia, which I sent to you, I guess you you forgot that as well. Uh, Jim Belushi stated in an interview years later that he didn't understand the script at all. He read it multiple times and could never understand it, so he just showed up on set and read his lines
0: he said the same thing about twin peaks the return too he's like i don't know what the fuck's going on here but they're paying So maybe me. it
1: says more about jim belushi than the, than the material but i just i i've always been fascinated by this because it's i think uh there was like a british poll and it was like the third worst tv show ever <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like it's one of these like notorious like misguided sci-fi failures and i've just always been curious to watch it
0: uh all right so i can commit to that the first episode of wild palms if we like it which we ain't watching eight more episodes of wild palms but we can watch the first episode there's like I said,
1: there's five episodes total and the and the rest of it are all 40 minutes so we can watch them two at a time we could cover it in three podcast episodes if we were so inclined to do so but i'm totally fine with just watching the the first one and moving on if we decide it's, it's just boring and stupid
0: yeah no if if we see something in wild palms that makes us
1: want to watch more of it
0: then I don't know why we are doing that, but we might do. Well, I show. thought
1: it would be interesting too cuz we did a whole series on Twin Peaks the Return and this is sort of like a, you know, a companion piece to that if we did the whole series.
0: Uh, all right. Now I'm down for for Wild Palms. All right. Well, I didn't know Charles Rocket was I in think he has he has a, he has a small role. He's
1: like credited towards the end, so I think he might not even be in the episode we watch.
0: Oh. Uh, ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> Kind of want me some Charlie Rocket right about now,
1: but I know I believe it's like a like a contest of wills between Jim Belushi and, and Robert Loggia. Like they're the main two characters, at least based on the trailer I watched. And fucking uh, uh Ben Savage, uh, a little pre I believe pre uh, uh Boy Meets World Ben Savage as like a tiny sociopath. He's like murdering somebody in it.
0: Post Clifford, pre Boy Meets World. I would
1: think so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. No, I'm down for that. Uh, all right. so anything else? Uh, no, uh,
1: I got, no, yeah, this, uh, this sucked. Don't watch, don't watch, I know you're all waiting with bated breath to see whether we would recommend that you go out right now and watch Pay It Forward.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I feel like this is our good deed. Like, we're paying it forward to the podcast listening community by telling you to spare yourself two hours and three minutes and don't watch Pay It Forward. And hopefully they will take that two hours and three minutes and do a good deed for someone else.
1: Or watch another piece of shit movie. Well, I was going to say, like, the, uh, the my other three good deeds, like, the, my other two good deeds could be recommending two good movies. I can't remember the last, like, movie I watched that I liked.
0: Uh, for
1: this podcast? No, just in general. Like, I, I mean, I guess Godzilla, the new Godzilla movie was fun. Go see that. It's probably still in theaters. Uh. Nice. I mean, I'm going to watch Madam Web this week. (laughs) That's where I'm at.
0: It's been a while since I've been wowed in the theater. I mean, you didn't like Bottoms, but I loved Bottoms. Uh, Oppenheimer, Barbie.
1: I was not a fan of Oppenheimer. I liked Barbie, but that was months ago.
0: Uh, I saw American Fiction. That was all right. Eh,
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, all of these were better than Pay It Forward. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I I think all the uh, the movies out in theater right now are probably better than paid. I'm pretty
1: sure Madam Webb is going to be better than paid for it. Uh,
0: I'll I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take that bet. All right, so until we see you again, get off, get off the shed.